the closest I got to that was I went and saw Van Halen in 98. By the way, welcome to the podcast, kids. Van Halen in 98 opened uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd. That was uh, that was my that was my Lipitor entry. Apparently, ugh, we're old. Good lord! You saw Van Halen with with the shit singers. I did. I did. Um, I know. But that was the thing. It it was like, hey, we can go see Van Halen with the shit singer. Yeah, let's do it. We have to. You gotta go see it. That's great. Yeah, I mean. I don't know. It's hard for me. It's hard for me to follow when I saw it with like David Lee Roth. That, that's the point. Is that when you when you saw? Yeah. I don't even know who the third guy was. Was when you saw him with the shit singer, you got more time out of Alex and Eddie because <laughs> they were having they were having to cover they were having to cover for the vocal. Never wanted to hear him sing. So you had like fourteen minute solos every other song. It was the guy from Extreme. It was that lead singer. Didn't he become? He was the the third. Oh man, you're right. Uh, guy Guy Sharon, yeah. Gary Sharon, Gary Sharon. Gary Sharon. <laughs> yes, you're right. That guy's a douche. I would like wow, to welcome every everybody under the age what of thirty. Yeah. Welcome to Tertio Radio. It's it's another. <laughs> Remember to give us a review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. Talk about how we make references whether it's, to fans. Whether it's me. <laughs> Newspaper, magazine, or cable TV. Welcome to Tertiary Radio, the podcast for old. Yeah, if you have your, mi- um, your microfiche <laughs> at the local library, you can look us up. Um, please, go, please go down and listen to this podcast at your local library. Uh, make a donation if, at if your you local can please, Yeah, If you could please fax in a five-star rating to Apple Podcasts, yeah. we'd appreciate Chances it. Chances are you're listening to this podcast at lunch at 10, uh, 9 a.m. On an 8-track. Oh. Grace is. Grace is totally down Grace, for that. Grace was totally into it. <laughs> uh, it's me, your youngest old, 3K, followed by our oldest old, Robbo, at Seattle Rams, underscore NFL. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, kids? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Joey the Jerk, at LA Rams, 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 what's up? Hey, guys. Anybody um, want to talk about <laughs> Jonathan Franzen novels and Arcade Fire? Is that... Is that how you get to the this Brett, oh this Brett? This Brett Easton Ellis, he's got to calm down. He's really getting me riled up. <laughs> this Paul Schrader, <laughs> the quotes from Paul Schrader about First Reformed. Can't wait to talk Arr. about my hot takes. Uh, speaking of, of hot takes, are you guys um, Game of Thrones people? Or are you the people that proudly tell everybody that you don't watch Game of Thrones? I game. We game. Oh. We all game. Uh, you know how much I game. I started gaming when I I picked up the first book, like in a in a drugstore, like oh. waiting in line. It was like one of the it was oh. a, the books. It was in there. It was paperback. It was called Game of Thrones. I picked it up. It was I don't want to say ninety five or ninety six whenever it came out. And I've been reading these damn books. So wait a second. You, you just pick out. up paperbacks in store. You just randomly buy. You're in well, 7-Eleven just buying books? Before the thing called like Kindle or things like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was, Lord, we're going to dig we deep. Actually, we're, we're digging we, deep for these under 30s. This this is the episode. When we, when we had these things called bookstores, you had to drive to to pick up an, an actual item. Uh, yeah, I used to read a lot of books. Now I, I I read a lot of books electronically downloaded. But yes, it was it was sitting there, and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And read the, like the synopsis. Like, all right, and I loved it because you know who didn't love the first the first season right which was the first book it was great so i've been waiting 20 something years for this shit so yeah i'm I'm totally into game of thrones finishing it up my 24 year journey or whatever the hell i've been on with this guy yeah i'm, I'm ready let's go 
this question is for Joe. Do you think Robbo has ever taken a nap in a Barnes and Noble? <laughs> With his sketchers on. Yeah. I do like I do like the idea of like Joey going into a seven eleven. Yeah, let me get a uh, let me get a pack of parliaments. I go in, yeah, let me get the tin of skull, <laughs> light wintergreen. Robbo in a seven eleven. <laughs> I'll take a song of fire and ice, if you yes. please. And the newish John Grisham. <laughs> it wasn't a 7-Eleven. It was like a Walgreens. I think it was like a... better. Because you know that he's standing there. And, you, get a, you get Slim Jims and Slurpees and beer. And he's just listening to some, some adult contemporary rock. You know, like, I ain't missing you at all. Since you've been gone, he's just standing there at Walgreens, like you know what I want to buy a fantasy oh, novel, man. the beginning of a series. Take me to Westboro. This is yeah, the totally. oldest. This is the oldest man podcast on the fucking internet. We're buying books at Walgreens. There's a storm that's raging. <laughs> this lonely line tonight. We, hold on. I, I don't know how long we're in. It's maybe five minutes. We've hit John Cougar Mellencamp, Van Halen, Bruce Springsteen. This is. This is not good. Buying paperbacks out of, out of Walgreens. Yep. Gary Sharon. This is not Gary Sharon. <laughs> oh, kids. If you can give so, us a three-star rating. Coachella. Cool Coachella, right? We're all cool. Yeah. We're all like Coachella. Totally. I was at Coachella all uh, day. All night. I, I like the fact. I like the fact that Coachella's on the run sheet. I have nothing to add to this except that I know Todd Gurley was there. Have you guys ever been to Coachella? Have you guys ever, or have you have you done any festivals? If you haven't done a Coachella, I did the original festival, Us Festival, nineteen eighty three. I thought you were going to say fucking Woodstock. I, I was like, like Jesus I Christ! Christ. Lilith <laughs> Lilith Lilith Fair. Fair. <laughs> see Rob going. Yeah, I guess I didn't do I the nineteen ninety eight Lilith Fair. <laughs> Rocked out to Amy Grant. Um, yeah, I, oh, we used to have festivals here all the time. Sasquatch, they're great. They just finally killed it off. So festival music festivals. We used to always have the the Double. Vans Warp Tour in Orange County. Yep. Yeah. Just see like thing. Blink One Eighty Two. So Vans. I did. I did. I did the Up in Smoke tour, which was the big one that sure. had uh, Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, uh, Nate Dogg, Chichen Chong is a good tour. I also did, and this is actually the, uh, here's an actual reference for the kids. I did the Firefly Festival, which is in Delaware. And I felt very old. I had the VIP seats with all the old people on the side and shit. But I went because they had Outcast playing, which is my favorite rat group. And uh, got to go see Outcast. It was their first tour in like 10 years. And I got to sit on the side in the recliners with all the olds while all the kids were in the middle doing their beach balls and partying. And it was funny. Uh, Andre 3000 actually did a, did a, did a bit in the middle of it when he was like, Y'all probably remember this song when y'all were in kindergarten and all the kids in the middle were like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, we do. That's awesome. Andre 3000, that's the Super Bowl guy, right? Oh, fuck you, Rob. All right. On- <laughs> We've got a section here. Have you barbecued yet? It's the spring. Get on that shit. But by, by barbecue, do you mean grilled? I'm assuming this is you, Joey. Grilled. Yeah, man. Yeah, we're, 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 on the, we're on the West Coast. When you when you barbecue, that's offensive. Uh, but I'm just talking about that. It's a um, it's a verb. 
and um, I'm, I, I'm with you, Joey. I call it barbecuing as well. I think, I think people, it, people come over for a barbecue, and you sit in the back, and you and you put on, you put on some tunes. You get the cooler filled with a beer, and you do burgers, brats, some hot dogs, some corn, and the the tin foil. And uh, yeah, everybody has burgers, yeah. burgers and dogs, and you have some corn and maybe some some veggies if you want to kind of get some some peppers in there. But it's all about the the grill. Yeah, you're you're grilling. You're having a a, a backyard grill out or whatever the hell you want to call it. But uh, yeah, yeah, you call it a grill. No, no, we call it a barbecue. Though. No, we call it because because we we don't have our well, let's go. Yeah, we, we call it barbecue. That we need to brag about. Is- I think you know people in like Texas and the. In the South, it's like it's like the the West Side Story. There's another reference for the kiddos. We got schedules. We got a preseason schedule. We got a re- regular season schedule. Let's start with the preseason because it's not important. Um, at Oakland versus Dallas, which will be in Hawaii, versus the Denver Broncos. That is the final preseason game for the Rams in the Coliseum, maybe ever. And then Yay. at the Houston Texans. This is hard to get excited about because we know McVeigh doesn't really treat the preseason with any reverence, and I think that's totally fine. We saw what happened last year when he did when we went to the Super Bowl. Um, I won't ask, do you guys care about the preseason? Because I doubt any of us do. What is there from the preseason that's worth paying any attention to, not while the game's going on, but but maybe from Monday to I, the games could be on Thursday. In between the games, what do you think is most important to take away from this preseason? So we were excited last year because we wanted to see how people were developing. And right now, before the draft, it's a little bit hard to say what I'm concerned about. You know, the the unknowns because I feel like most of the players that are currently on the roster, we kind of know what they are. I don't think I need to see Jared Goff anymore and and Blake Boros. It's not like I'm like, well, he needs to get on the field and see what he's like. It's like you kind of know what he is. He's he's a bit of a finished product, <laughs> for better for worse. And I think it really matters how they draft is, is how I kind of get interested in the preseason because yeah, we'll see a little bit more of guys like John John Kelly, but. You know, as you saw what happened in the regular season, everything that you were seeing in the preseason was not it was it was a completely different team, more than any other team in the NFL. The Los Angeles Rams in the 2018 season were completely different people because they didn't play any of the starters, and they're going to do that again. So yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna just coast back and and not really put any emotion in the preseason because we're not wait it's not like we have this QB that we really want to see on the field like if you know i think rookies and second year QBs it's, the preseason's good but you know we get it we know we're going to get we're going to get a glimpse at everyone's savior obanaya okronkro you know well, sure yeah, sure right yep. you're going to see the return of morgan you're going to see the return of morgan fox you probably see Michael yep. Kaiser running some Mike linebacker, which you haven't really seen much. You're gonna low see some stakes, guys. Robbo. These are you're gonna low see, You're going to see that our draft picks. You're going to see those guys out there. Um, but yeah, you're not going to see anyone of note. Uh, you're going to see. You're going to see future starters playing their first. Anyone of note? Is that a Joseph Note boom? Note boom? No, he's a starter oh. now. He won't play. He's a starter. He's not playing. No, he'll he'll play. He'll play. I think him and Brian Allen will play. I think also whoever this guy is that they draft in the first round. I mean, that's who I'm going to be really probably tuning in to see how they play, you know, in the, yeah, in the so preseason. That's just like we did last year. You watched a lot of rookies. You watched a lot of 
Didn't didn't someone on this podcast get very excited about a player because of his preseason? How explosive he was out of the backfield? Mm. Well, I think we all did. I think we all did, right? John Kelly. John Kelly. I mean, when, when we saw Gurley go down, it was like, hey, remember what John Kelly did in the preseason? Give him a shot. Let's see what he could do. Yeah. It was, And why? Because he yeah. played in the preseason and he looked good. He was, what, a fifth or sixth round pick? He wasn't like he was a third rounder. No. Yeah. So who, yeah, yeah. Who of the three of us were the most excited about John Kelly? I thought we were all equally excited. Did I? Am I, I, I was remembering? I was, I was excited. I felt. I, I. I think we all think. I mean, that's how much we like him. Is like uh, we're like yeah, wait, I mean, I, the, the fanboy for John Kelly, or is Joe, like, or is Rama? <laughs> I mean, I, I think we all had our moments. I mean, he was a skateboarder, which was cool as well. I mean, John Kelly sure. just exudes cool. I mean, he was he was featured on Behind the Grind and. Yeah, why wouldn't you want to see that guy out there? Here's so, something. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Joe. Well, I just just to jump back real quick and say one thing about the preseason, as far as just intrigue, on more of a fun level and less of a football level, I think this game against the Cowboys in Hawaii is going to be fun for a lot of just the pregame and the interviews and seeing you know Sean McVay like in a Hawaiian shirt trying to kind of look like a normal human being and, and, and seeing Jerry Jones out in out in Hawaii. I mean, it just, you're going to see a little bit more of, um, it's almost kind of like the beginning of Rocky four, more of the fanfare and like the, like the fun of it. Um, yeah. The fanfare, Stan Kroenke and Jerry Jones hanging out on the beach, drinking Mai Tais in a Hawaiian shirt. I can't wait. Can I I make a request in the next CBA? Should the, should the Rams play the Cowboys every year in the preseason and, and, and maybe do it every year in the preseason in Hawaii? Like what, why shouldn't we do this? This is, this is clearly, the vanguard of the the next generation of owners, where Jerry Jones and Stan Kroenke have pushed the NFL to this new area, why not? Why not let their teams play each other and play it in Hawaii this year, play it in China next year? Because we know Stan Kroenke is enamored with China. Where, where's the next? Where's the next place to exploit for Alaska, Singapore? I don't know. Just let, let these billionaires exploit the poor's. And let us enjoy. <laughs> Rams, Cowboys, Lucian Islands. For, for, once, yeah. for once in their life, can they explode the ball? Let, let them enjoy the spoils of the earth while they're on, uh, while they're around us. You, you know what I'll say? South this African is, safari. Um, yeah. I, I, like, I think if they were, I don't know if, it's, if they were smart, because, I mean, apparently the NFL is smart. But I think having Dallas and the LA Rams be rivals, I think they should play every – I think if they had a, a a thing where they just played every regular season on Thanksgiving, I think that would be like super fun. Like it, they just kind of make a rivalry. Like, hey, you know what? These two owners are both, you know, they're getting close. Crazy, crazy billionaires make them play each other. They're getting close. If you go, if you go back to training camp in 2015 when we had the joint practices, and then you look at how Jerry Jones helped Stan Kroenke relocate the Rams back to L.A. And then preseason that year, remember the Jared Goff-Dak Prescott rookie preseason game when Dak Prescott oh. looked phenomenal? Yeah, right? Jared Goff looked like ass. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you go to 2017 when the Rams got their first big road win under Sean McVay against those Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and then obviously this last season, I think we played a pretty important game in the playoffs. These These two franchises are pretty – Pretty closely linked, and uh, you know, I think it's great that we're getting to go. Uh, 
maybe not great. I think it's cool that we're going to Honolulu to play a meaningless game, but it is a meaningless game. The one thing I would say is while we sat the starters last year in the preseason, a lot of what we're starting with talking about with the starters is, you know, and Dominican Sue and Andrew Whitworth and John Sullivan, and Roger Saffold and, Guy, and, and yes, Jared Goff and Todd Gurley, guys that have a lot of experience. But you know who played last preseason was uh, Austin Blythe and uh, Simpson Abukum got some time. Jamon Brown, Jamon Brown, like it. it I, I get the idea that that Sean McVay's resting starters, but it's not this blanket statement to say that all eleven starters on each side of the ball will play zero snaps. I think the there were some. Yeah, I think I think we're going to see some. Uh, you know, rotation of guys that we can expect to see playing regular season football in 2019 in the preseason. And it, a part of it, I think, is just the unique nature of the roster build for 2018. But part of it is that we're we're finding a new transition period to get out of this veteran heavy roster that wasn't really that veteran heavy, but for the Rams was veteran heavy and, and starting to bring in new uh, draft picks. This is a team that hasn't had a first round draft pick in a long time. And we're scheduled to have one, even if we might draft down. That means we're going to have a second round pick and multiple, you know, round three, round four picks. Uh, this is going to be a little bit different than what Sean McVay dealt with last year. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of those guys in the preseason. And you're also going to see like an Oakland team that has a million draft picks and is completely reshaping the roster with AB on their squad now. So that's weird. You know, that, how much? How, how much do they play? I don't know, but that's how, how fun is it to have the Rams Raiders? Rams Raiders, come on, man, that's great. And you know what? And another game that's on the preseason schedule is the Denver Broncos, with what could possibly be the last game in the Coliseum. It's it, um, it's just it it well, it's kind of the transition, right? I mean, this is the, the this is the beginning of the end for the Coliseum, and then it's not even the beginning of the beginning for twenty twenty because we're not there yet. But it's just. You know, this is the farewell. This is the the beginning of the end for Chapter One of L.A. Rams 2.0. Yeah. Well, I just could say I don't think fans are prepared for how big of a shift 2.0 is going to be. It's huge from who they are as a franchise. Because right now, I mean, they're operating out of the back of a Lutheran University in Thousand Oaks right now in trailers. No, I I don't know. It's an it, it's an interesting preseason schedule at Oakland quote-unquote, home against Dallas in Honolulu, back to L.A. for the Denver Broncos and the Coliseum, and then the final game, and obviously that fourth game is where you play the entire back end of the roster. Nobody close to starting uh, football will play against the Houston, Texas, Houston, Texas, Houston Texans down in Houston. Um, I, I don't know. It's one of these things where it feels really anticlimactic because we're coming out of a Super Bowl, and it's hard to get excited about the preseason because – we got so much going on. Um, is is there anything that, if you look across the four games as a whole, is there one thing that you care about, Joey, that that matters more than anything? Or is it more just, this is a wash, it's kind of like last year, but maybe less so because we were so stacked roster-wise where y you can say, yeah, I don't really care about this, I'm looking forward to week one. Well, I mean, I think probably the obvious thing right now is just going to be, with their offense, there's there's two question marks I have, and a lot of them, it's, it's depth. Or even, let's look at the tight end position. I feel like that's still a little bit of an unknown. We know it's going to revolve around two players, and I don't think right now we're thinking there's going to be a third tight end that's going to challenge Gerald Everett and Tyler 
Higby on the roster, but that's what the preseason is all about. But, you know, I want to see one of those guys break out. I want to see Gerald Everett have a great preseason. But then the other position is going to be running back with a depth, and I want to see what what Malcolm Brown and John Kelly do and, and, and how they compete against each other. And can John Kelly make that step and kind of make us root for him to be the number two, even though they're probably going to have Malcolm Brown as, as, the, as the main sort of support of Todd Gurley. I mean, could, could they really make – is it possible for, for John Kelly to be a deal or is he just going to be a, a guy that we talk about for 20% of our podcast, but he doesn't get any touches? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. He's 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 the more famous Justin Davis at this point. <laughs> this yeah. is quite famous. Yeah. But if he out, um, man, we're gonna we're gonna be so it's gonna it's gonna, we'll have to make a John Kelly character on the show. We'll have to have some theme music. I mean, the uh, the, the the marketing uh, potential. I guarantee you, John Kelly is gonna sound a lot like. CJ Anderson. I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say John Kelly's because we started with him as a cologne advertisement character. He's going <laughs> to he's going to have to be, you know, he's got a skateboard and he's coming out of the smoke. Uh-huh. And he's sexy. Yeah. I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that is. And the scarf is just yeah. waving in the wind, obstructing the fo- the fog and the smoke. Yeah, John Kelly. Probably wears like a I don't know what I'm excited about the preseason. I'm What's not up? nothing to do with games. I want to see how my boy 18 is looking through the summer, through he's not individual drills, individual drills. He's not going to play a snap. Serena and Miles, Serena and Miles talking about how good he looked at camp. I love Rob's take on the preseason. What I like about the preseason is training camp. Wait, yeah. what? It's training camp. That's what, that's really. I mean, because over under they don't play. Anymore. Hold on, let me give you an over under. Cooper Cup over under zero point five snaps in the preseason. I'm taking the under. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the under by a mile. But um, how many shots of him on an exercise bike during a preseason game are we going to get? Probably going to get at least zero. <laughs> he's 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 going to wear shorts and a t-shirt and a cap. He's not going to get anywhere near an exercise bike. I love it. Okay, I'm excited for him, man. I'm excited for him this season. This could be really year three, fun. baby. It's it's more like year year two point five, right? Yeah, either way, either way, this is this is the perfect season for him to come in under the radar because of all the other. His storyline just is nowhere near the top ones, but in terms of his impact, it's way higher than a bunch of those storylines. Yeah, and he's planning to get paid. It's year three. This when you break out, he's going to win the Super that Bowl. Fourth year coming. The up. only reason why the Los Angeles Rams did not win the Super Bowl against the Patriots is because we have, we didn't have Cooper Cup. I, you know what I'm saying? That's what I've been saying that for months, baby. If we had 18, how did we win one that shit? I think, I think. Patriots can't. The Patriots can't stop Cooper Cup. The Vikings couldn't stop Cooper Cup. Nobody stopped Cooper Cup's knee. Stopped Cooper Cup. I think. I think. I want a T-shirt. Bill Belichick was happy he wasn't around. <laughs> Just, yeah. You know he would have been. You know he would have been waiting up nights, sleepless nights in the cotton office. Trying to game plan how you take out Cooper Cup? That shit wasn't gonna happen. It wasn't gonna happen. I like how Robbo is from. Only reason we lost. I like how Robbo is from Boston now. <laughs> Cooper Cup is an idiot. I, we we need really to get wag. We need to get wags <laughs> to come up with like a a Higgs transition riff. I know we did the transition riffs on Friends, but like like a 
Higgs. Just like every time we switch the subjects, just for Higgs. Um, He'll do it. I, he's, he, he's going on tour this week. And so I, bet, I bet he'd be good at it. I will say this. Tyler Higby's going into contract season. I think uh, as much as I love Cooper Cup, the Higgs narrative is going to be one that's important. That's what leads us into regular season schedule talk. Week one at Carolina, the big asterisk is Cam Newton's health. He had shoulder surgery. We don't know what his status is going to be. We're going to have to keep an eye on that. Uh, but they're still a pretty talented team. Balanced last year. Had a really rough run-in through the end of the season. Lost seven games in a row before finishing with a really weird Week 17 win against the Saints. What do you think about the Panthers game? Yeah, the Panthers game uh, is is one I'm interested in just because my wife is a Panthers fan and she's kind of what got her into football. So uh, it's, it's, I kind of have a soft spot for those guys. But you're right. With, without Cam Newton, with his with his uncertainty of his shoulder situation, we'll have to watch that for the summer. Uh, that's, that's a game that the Rams should do well in with – out that starting quarterback, you hope they'll win a game that the team's missed their starting QB. But they do have talent on the team, and they were they were pretty good. And they've got an exciting player on Christian McCaffrey. We've seen the Rams' rush defense struggle at times. And then you've got that guy named Lee Keekley. He's the best middle linebacker in football. So that's that's not a layup, but it should be one that the Rams should be able to go in and, and do well at. It's, it's, out of all, in the entire schedule, that's a game that I'm kind of glad they that's, – that's one I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm okay with that as their opener. Um, one thing I did mention where we're getting into the depth chart behind Cam Newton, uh, their QB2 is Taylor Heineke, and then quarterback three, Kyle Allen, who uh, college football fans will remember as the quarterback at Texas A&M that Kelvin Sumlin preferred to Kyler Murray uh, because life is a circle. Um, Kyler, Kyler Murray should send him a check, part of a signing bonus. Probably. Probably. Might have already. Um that's week one. Interesting game to start off on the road. Uh, early start, by the way. We got a couple early starts this year. Uh, that's the first of them. Second game, uh, home against the New Orleans Saints. Anybody going to pay attention? Any Anything going into this one? Any narrative? Saints, Saints. Who, who's on that team again? Have we played uh, each other recently? By some guy. When was the last time we played? Is there history? Mm. Um, Saints. Nope. It, it, Bobby Bear. Is he still Maybe. there? Uh, oh, played each other in the regular mm-hmm. season last year. That's what it was. Deuce, Deuce McAllister's the, pretty good. Deuce, I like that Joe guy. Um, yeah. yeah, this one's going to be great. Joe, it's going to be a fantastic environment. We, we talked about the idea. We're both surprised that this wasn't a primetime game. We got five of them this year. We're going to have to see what the broadcast map looks like this right. for a late start for Fox. But, yeah, this is one of the biggest games of the first two weeks of the NFL season without question. Without and not even just for the Rams and the Saints, I think this is going to be the game. I should look at the rest of the schedule, but this one will be, be the marquee game of the week. I can't imagine another team with as much intrigue as this one because they talked about it for two weeks before the Super Bowl. I mean, this is what they talked about was that you know that that play with Nicole Robin Coleman, and as we talked earlier, it's justice will be served as if this game ends on a wacky defensive pass interference call where it's challenged near the overturned or whatever. I mean, that if the new rule because of that whole thing comes in, we all know the story. Uh, I think we'd all love to see something like that happen. Into week three. Um, and it's an interesting game to kind of end what I would call the first chapter of the regular season uh, at Cleveland to play the Cleveland Browns on Sunday night football. Their first primetime game at home since 2008, I believe is what I saw. What do you think about that? I mean, Cleveland's on the rise. 
obviously had this wild offseason. They paired uh, Baker Mayfield now with Odell Beckham Jr. This is going to be a hell of a game. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's one Rams fans are kind of excited to to, to watch because the Browns are pretty much the AFC version of the Rams, right? They've been awful for a long time. They're on the rise now. They're they've got a young star to kind of build around. Yeah. A couple of young stars, you know. You look at their defensive line; they've got some youth and and star power there. They've got Chubb, the running back, who was really good last year. Uh, he didn't get to play them last year, but when he got his opportunities, he was outstanding. And then we saw what Baker did when when the Hugh Jackson was fired and, and Freddie Kitchen took over. And so, yeah, I think, I think this is a game that Rams fans are going to be really excited about and looking forward to watch. I think it's, if you look at the early part of the schedule, outside of the, the Saints, if you look at the first half of the year, I bet you this is the game that they're, most people are looking forward to watching. Just two young teams, a lot of stars like on the rise. Uh, I, I could see this thing. And our own, our own, we have a, a, we'll have a TST staffer at this game, unless he moves to Atlanta. Uh, you like him? Biggie's going to have to be there. This is the, this is the biggest game of his life for the Rams and the Browns. Um, what, what's interesting is maybe you come out of this this three game stretch, two away games, one primetime game, and your next game is against what should be one of the weaker teams in the NFL, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is a weird, weird one. It is a weird one. Uh, Rams fans will know uh, their head coach Bruce Arians took over there after retiring, <laughs> after after you know building the cards up. Give him a pretty good run, and then uh, fell on his ass. He decided he'd retire, and then you know, uh, what? He spent a year in the booth, a couple of games, and now he's back in football again. It's it's funny how that happens. When your team sucks, you want to retire, and then a, another team gives you a shot. Uh, Mike Evans, uh, one of the better wide receivers in the game. That's uh, that's an interesting matchup for him. You have no idea what the hell Bruce Arians, the QB whisperer, will do with with Crazy Jameis. It still should be a game that that. Uh, I think Rams fans should be licking their chops at it. It's, it's, it sets up nice. It's early. We get that after the primetime game and before a big divisional game. So it's a nice soft spot for, for the Rams to, to get that home, that home atmosphere, the home cooking. I mentioned that I looked up uh, this one set of uh, win prediction uh, to- totals from this one book. Uh, they got Miami at the bottom at 4.5, Cincinnati and Arizona at 5, the Giants at 5.5. Detroit and Oakland at six, and then Tampa Bay is one of four teams along with Washington, Denver, and Buffalo at six and a half. So one of the bottom 10 teams. It's an interesting week four matchup. We'll have to see what Jameis Winston is looking like going into this season. But through that quarter poll, we we talked about the idea that I had seen some people calling this a tough schedule and maybe as tough as last year. I didn't think it was anywhere near as tough as last year. Yeah, I don't believe believe it's as tough as last year either. I mean, if you look back at that schedule, yeah, that was – Pretty stout. Uh, I think what you're looking at is a lot of t- a lot of games here against traditionally good teams, but you also have teams in flux. The Ravens had a quarterback change. Uh, the Steelers had lost two of the you know top ten players in the NFL this year. Um, who else is on their schedule that looks tough? Uh, but maybe not. Might not be uh, the Bengals coming after the bye. Maybe are sliding yeah. back right after the yeah. bye. I mean, I don't know that this is tougher. There's there are some tough games. Saints, Bears. Um, the Seahawks games are always close. Uh, that that Jimmy, what's his name, up in San Francisco's back. So we'll see what they've tried. They made some moves. They, they could be kind of fun. Yeah, but I don't know. This is tougher than last year. I I I think the Rams will probably be favored in almost every game they play yeah. this year. If you look at the schedule and just they're good. We lost a few players, but they're still damn good. And um, it sh- it should be a good it should be a, a good road map leading towards the playoffs again, especially when you look at the back half of this this roster in December, especially. 
Yeah, that's kind of what makes it interesting is you get this first quarter with kind of every kind of game. You got the home game against the Saints, which is a huge game against a big opponent. You got a home game against Tampa Bay, which is decidedly not. Away game against Carolina, that's an interesting test to start the season. But the Cleveland game as a national broadcast on Sunday Night Football is going to, I mean, the the intensity level for that is going to be off the charts. What's also going to be off the charts is week five, uh, Thursday, in Seattle. Robbo, this is your game. Where, where are you sitting? Front row? Uh, I will be sitting in front row of Oktoberfest in Munich, what, what, watching what? this thing from. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be. I'm going to Oktoberfest for a couple of days at the end of my European vacation. I was banking on this game being a Sunday and not a Thursday. Thank you, NFL. And then to top it off, it's the t- it's the one time of year I get to watch them in my hometown, and I won't be there. I'll be. I'll, game time is at two in the morning for me when I've been drinking lots of beer. You know, all day leading up to that. And I have to be at an airport at like seven in the morning. So I'm not going to sleep the entire night. I'm going to try to watch the game via the internet somehow in Europe via, uh, I don't know, bouncing a signal off of my ass and a satellite and a VPN. And maybe I'll get a, a weak signal. But that should be, uh, it should be a fun game because the Rams Seahawks, doesn't matter what the record is. When the Rams were terrible, they always played them, played them tough. The Seahawks were uh, a playoff team last year. They ran the ball for about 2,000 yards against the Rams in two games. Um, that should be a fun game. They're always exciting. They're always close, always wacky. And I think uh, the the good news is, like last year, we get to play in Seattle early in the season and don't have to play in Seattle late in the season. It's a very big difference playing early and late. Although that worked for us in 2017. We lost that game in Los Angeles October uh, that was the game where I think we had five turnovers. Then at the end of the season, we and, went there and who dropped the ball in the end zone that game? Oh, who, who dropped the ball so in the end zone rude. that game? Why would you do that? My... Why would you do that to yourself? That's just rude. That's self hatred. Oh, it just it was in his hands. It was right there, Coop. Oh my, he's gonna my boy! But yeah, you're right. back. He's gonna and then he's gonna have an right. awesome season. I can't wait. The Gurley game happened late in the year when uh, I think he ran for you know 500 yards and yeah. in, in the stadium, stadium emptied at halftime. But the Rams have won three in a row against the Seahawks. Um, probably by a combined point, uh, what, seven, eight, nine? They're all close. Well, They're yeah. all close, but we've won three in a row. Yeah, the last two from 2018, we won by two and we won by five. So it's it's an interesting yeah. rivalry. This is the first one since uh, Russell Wilson signed his mega deal. Week six. <laughs> is San Francisco the most unpredictable team just because of all the guys they got coming back from injury? Oh, I mean, and then they, they made a couple of additions. Like they added Tevin Coleman, who was really good under Carl Shanahan in Atlanta. And they've got. Uh, they, they say Jarek McKinnon the year before who who got injured, and they had Matt, Matt Breida. They've had a lot of running backs in that team, and they signed that quarterback who was dumb and didn't step out of bounds. They got his ass handed to him. Uh, they got the number two pick in the draft, which probably would be Bosa, which will be uh, a bolstered pass rush with a guy named Buckner. I mean, that team could be sneaky good, or they could be booty again. You and the George Kittle, who I think single-handedly <laughs> set the tight end receiving record on the Rams last uh, in the NFL by playing good. the Rams last year, right? They they have some they have some really good pieces, uh, and the, the natural rivalry says let's bring that on, and we get them at home to start the season. So that's not bad. I have no idea what to anticipate from that one. No, it's huge mystery in that game uh, because, like you said, we don't know. We don't we don't know. We think we know, but we we don't know until. That one's going to be do. fun. Uh, week seven, another weird team that seems like, I don't, I don't know if they're on the decline or what's going on with some, some drama with Julio Jones. It's a, it's a chance to go down to Atlanta and visit Lanny. 
Rams at Atlanta, week seven, another early start. This one could be working against the Rams between the travel and the time. What do you think about it, the Falcons? Yeah, another one o'clock game, and that's uh, and then they then they go to Atlanta, uh, London after that. So I'm sure they'll probably do right. what they've done in the, in the past: is they'll go to Atlanta, they'll play, and they'll fly directly, they or maybe they'll stay in Jacksonville again because they, they did that one year, right? They went and stayed yeah. in Florida for a couple of days, practiced, flew in, got the game done, and flew out. So we'll see how they approach that. But that's that. That Atlanta game is the start of a lot of travel for the Rams. They're at Atlanta. They go to London. They have a bye. Then they go to Pittsburgh. So you won't see the Rams at home from after the San Francisco game until mid-November when you see the Bears. So it's it's a long stretch. But we did it last year. And as we mentioned uh, on the unrecorded part of the pod, the Rams were pretty good on the road under Sean McVay. He, yeah. They're almost a better team. He, he seems to get them focused and ready to go on the road better than I, I can remember another coach. I mean, he's he's got a really good on-the-road record. So when they travel, he's gets, he gets his boys focused. And, uh, yeah, that Falcons team, I'm not even – can you name players, not name Matt Ryan or, or Julio Jones? Who else do they have? Uh, On offense or defense? Uh, yes. <laughs> so, so many guys were hurt. I guess they have Neil was hurt. I mean, they're, they're another team they who Muhammad was just Sanu. banged they up got, last year. They got Jake Matthews. They got Jamon Brown now. Um, oh, Jamon's there. I yeah. forgot about that. Devontae Freeman at running back. The defense is where it's harder. They got uh, Tack McKinley. You remember him because he's your boy. Yeah, because his his, uh, his draft day uh, F-bomb, that was amazing. They got Isaiah Oliver because I remember they took him out of Colorado. Damonte uh, uh, Casey. And that's about all I got, man. Oh, they got Deion Jones because remember, Deion Jones did an awesome yes. job against Gurley in the playoff game. And I just remember that half of that defense was on the IR at the end of the year last year. Yeah, they struggled. They were, defense. They were they struggled really defense. hurt last year. So, yeah, Falcons. Uh, props to the Falcons social media team and their video department for, for their schedule release video. If you haven't seen that, uh, folks, go check that out. It's the best thing you'll see on the internet right now. It's it's amazing. Look for the Easter egg with the Ram running over the Saint and the no call from the referee coming in right about 40 seconds. You want to pay attention you probably watch it three or four times and laugh you're about off very good um week eight we keep having to leave the country i don't know why we can't just enjoy the united states week eight london england week eight we need a gentleman's pod <laughs> there it is that that's, that's when see you figure pod. it out that'll be our gentleman's pod I, I need to get the music cues ready uh that's gonna be fun um cincinnati Bengals again one of the weaker teams in the nfl um, but it's our first matchup against Zach Taylor, the former uh, Rams uh, quarterbacks coach and Sean McVay devotee. And, you know, it's the teacher and the student facing off against one another. That's just going to be another weird game. Early start, but but it lines up. It's not as early as the other London games. This one kind of lines up with some of the other early afternoon games. What do you think about this Bengals game? Yeah. Uh, I think this might be might not be the first matchup of Sean Mavie versus Zach Taylor because I think he could be fired by then. Because <laughs> they, they're going to be not good. Andy Dalton is is uh, Jared Goff light. You know, a lot of people think that he's he's also a system quarterback who has not won a playoff game. He's not clutch, uh, but they do have that AJ Green kid who's pretty good as well. We saw what he did to the Rams a couple years ago, and uh, so. That's that's a game. London. The Rams have done pretty well in London recently. And, and um, God, who else do they have? Joe Mixon, another pretty good running back. Outside of that, uh, what do we know about the Bengals other than mm, 
not so exciting. Not so exciting. I think it's good I just can't hide it. Um, bye week. Yeah. Good chance to heal up right smack dab in the middle of the season. Uh, no issues with that. But then you come out. I think this could be a tough game. As as much dysfunction as they've had this offseason, the Pittsburgh Steelers still look like they could be a really good team, and we're playing them in Pittsburgh coming out of the bye in Week 10. Mm-hmm. And that before a rough two-game homestand, this is probably the hardest stretch of the season, I think more so than the first three games. I think this three-game stretch coming out of the bye is the toughest, and it starts with a road game at Pittsburgh. Without a doubt. I mean, this is the end of your trip. You come home for bye, so you get that little rest, but then you've got to go back across the the East Coast, you get a favor because it's a late game, so you don't have an early start back East. That you you finish up your early starts when you play in London. So the second season, they'll be playing all West Coast time, so that will help them. But the Steelers are good. Big Ben's good. Juju is good. Connor's good. Their defense is good. Um, they are missing AB and Le- Le'Veon Bell, but this should be. This is. I think, like you said, we, we looked at schedule last year. We looked for trap games or games where we thought they could struggle. Uh, this is this is the one that I think I'll have circled as well. Coming back from the bye, having to travel on the road and play that team. Um, I would love to see him. But it's on the road, which we just talked about. Sean McVay gets his guys up for on the road. Uh, then you have to come back and you got the Bears. And will they be looking ahead like they did last year? Where they, you know, hey, we'll go play the Lions and they struggled because they're looking at the Bears. The Bears game, I think, is the one on the schedule people are probably looking at outside of this. Yeah, the Saints and the Bears because of uh, the history sure. of that team, how well they played. Uh, so that will will they be looking ahead at the Bears? Well, I don't know, but they should, I think that'll be on their everyone's radar is trying to write that wrong. One thing that's big on the Steelers is they've you know, they got a full draft class, but they've also got that third round pick from the Raiders, um, which means that they have four picks in the top what eighty three, I think. So for a team that had already replaced Le'Veon Bell last year. Uh, you know, the Antonio Brown is obviously departure is going to hurt, but they got a lot of draft ammunition to be able to restock for a team that wasn't that bad in the first place uh, and, and was right. a hair's breadth away from making the playoffs. So really interesting there. And then, I mean, it is what it is. Chicago beat us last year during the regular season. They're, they're, they're kind of the year behind Rams. I wrote this, I think, in the schedule release where the 2017 Bears were the 2016 Rams. The 2018 Bears were the 2017 Rams. If the 2019 Bears look like the 2018 Rams, they could be there. I mean, and, and, they're going to and the they Super could, Bowl? I mean, it's totally plausible, right? Yes, it, it is. They're that good. Yep. That's all I got to say. That good. That, I mean, look at that. Look at that defense. I mean, their offense is pretty good. They lost, they lost Howard. Uh, they still have Trubisky. But uh, look at that. That defense is good. That secondary is really good, and their linebackers are almost better. That's uh, that was a team that gave us so much trouble because of that team speed on defense. They they were not going to be out schemed, and so uh, this is that's a that's a game Sean's going to have to really look deep into his his playbook and figure things out because they they matched him play for play in power. But again, that was a game that as well as that Bears team played, they right. barely won that game, right? Well, and that's the correctly? thing. Is they they got to improve their offense. Their defense is fantastic. The offense had some guys. The offense was twenty first yeah. in yards gained. So. Uh, they need improvements, you know. Obviously, with uh, Matt Nagy there, you got to like their coaching setup. They got their quarterback at Trubisky. It just kind of mirrors what the Rams have been doing, just maybe a year behind. But they need a lot of things to fall into place to make it as special in 2019 as what we got last year. We'll have to see. Um, maybe one of the more fun teams in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens. They kind of remade themselves on the fly last year, which I don't. I don't know how much credit you get 
when it's pretty obvious what they should have done in the first place and you make the change of season. I don't, I don't know that that's, you know, the, the award, what's the, what's that award called? The late to the party award. The, that's the, 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 the old V8 where they slapped themselves on the head. Psh, I should have had a V8. I should have went to Lamar Jackson. Oink. Doink. Just like the just like the Bears, Ravens, fantastic on defense. Ravens were a little bit better on offense, especially once they gave the starting nod to Lamar Jackson coming into this season, obviously with a lot of hype. John Harbaugh has been there forever. They got a young quarterback to rally behind. Ravens are going to be a good team, man. That's a, that's a fantastic game on Monday night. They are, but they also lost some guys, right? Yeah. Especially okay. on the defense. Yeah. Who did they lose in defense? They lost their best middle linebacker, who's one of the better linebackers in the league, and they yep. lost uh, – there's some safety that played in Baltimore last couple of years, and I don't recall his name. Well, you, you uh, know they got they, you know they got a new safety there. Somebody you know quite well. I do. Uh, he has a history against the Rams that, as well. That too. Um, that too. He 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 had this thing called the chop that, that they call up here against Benny Cunningham a couple of years ago, and then he did it again to Todd Gurley in the in the damn Coliseum a few years back. Et. E.T. is pretty good. Quite good. If he comes back from injury, uh, e. he's somebody e. that you could see having a nice little renaissance comeback player of the year and give them a couple really quality years. Baltimore's a fun team. That, that's why that stretch is so hard to me is, is that game. But then one of the weirdest uh, aspects to this is Arizona's got the number one overall pick in the draft. They're the weakest team in our division probably. We don't see them until December. Week 13 is our first game against Arizona. It's at Arizona. I actually talked to, uh, I called this earlier today. Uh, Nick Martin and I were chatting via the Twitter. So if you're out there, Twitter kids, uh, reach out. That's the Rams underscore NFL. Uh, we were talking about what would be the perfect kind of setup for the Rams in December. We don't want to go on the road. We want to play you no know, cold weather games, which we're lucky. Jared Goff will not have to play a cold weather yeah. game the entire year. The only asterisk would be maybe Pittsburgh on November 10th if it gets like a weird early November snow thing. But other than that, Jared Goff's not going to get cold. His tiny little hands won't get cold. No fumbles. So we were looking Great. for that, and I said, my dream scenario is Arizona twice in December. And what happens? We get them December 1st, and we get them the 29th. So bookend your December with a booty team. It's great to fill in the playoff push, right? You you need those games in December yeah. more than anything, and we got Arizona twice. It's uh, very thankful. I did like in, the, it's, it's really in well. the schedule release video that they did, um, which is always fun. This year they had Eric Weddle, Aaron Donald, and Johnny Hecker there along with McVeigh and Les Snead. Um, I liked it at the end. Johnny Hecker mentioned that idea that he was thankful they avoided places where it gets cold because he really didn't want to go to Pittsburgh in December. And Aaron Donald goes, man, it ain't right. cold. Like, wait, 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 wait. I know you're Aaron Donald, <laughs> ruler of worlds, breaker of chains. Pittsburgh's pretty fucking cold, man. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has a chance to be cold in December, so... Pittsburgh has a chance uh, to be cold in, in June. Uh, getting them November 10th, I think, is 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 a blessing. And you get them later in the day. So if it's cold, at least it won't be like 10 a.m. in the morning cold. It'll be, you know, 1 o'clock in the afternoon cold. What are the chances of the offseason when Aaron Donald goes back to Pittsburgh in February and March? He's running outside with his shirt off. 110%. God bless that teddy bear of a man. Uh, Week 14, the return trip in L.A. Sunday night football, Seattle Seahawks. We talked about the first one. This one's going to be maybe even bigger. Obviously, a lot of it depends on where these teams are record-wise at this point, but it's a playoff push, and thankfully, we don't have it at their place. They have to come to us. Yeah, they do. And the cool thing is, when you're winding down December, you're winding down. You got Monday night football game, a Sunday night football game, Monday night football game, Cardinals, 
and then you've got another Sunday Night Football game. The Rams are going to be on prime time to wind this season down. It's going to be kind of cool. We're going to have lots of prime time, and you have them right in a row. Bang, bang, bang. We- Every time you look, turn around, you're going to see the Chris Collinsworth of the world uh, talking bad about your team. We mentioned the idea that the New Orleans game was a bit of a surprise because it wasn't prime time. The other one that I thought was surprising was week 15. I thought because we had played each other in the playoffs last year, because these teams have been so linked together since Stan Kroenke wanted to start moving this team back to L.A. and Jerry Jones was at the forefront of helping him. I really thought the Dallas Cowboys game could be a prime time one, too. Well, the rumor early uh, a couple like days ago that that was going to be Rams Cowboys might have been a Thanksgiving game. It would have been perfect setup for that. You know, it's it's interesting, and that should be a pretty good game as well. That could be a matchup of of, of playoff teams again. I don't see why the Cowboys can't get back there in the AFC East, uh, or at least a, a wild card. So that's if you look look at the, the the games in between the two Cardinals games. There are three potential playoff teams there: Seahawks, Cowboys. And the mystery 49ers who could be good or could be booty, we don't know. But that's that's an interesting push. Cowboys have a rough run-in. They've got New England uh, on the road before Thanksgiving. they got Buffalo at home for Wait, Are they good? Who? The Patriots? Patriots any good? Have they done anything? Are they really that good? Yeah. I, I, do, I do the Joe Pesci from uh, Home Law. Retcha, fretcha. Um, they, they got the <laughs> Patriots before Thanksgiving, then the short week. They get Buffalo at home for Thanksgiving. Next week, they got Thursday night football in Chicago, December 5th. You talk about cold weather. They go to Chicago. They go to Foxborough, November 24th. They go to Chicago, December 15th. They host us in week 15, and then they got to go to Philadelphia in week 16. They got a pretty rough run. That's tough. They got a rough run. Um, We don't because, again, we got the mystery San Francisco 49ers on the road week 16. We don't know when it's going to be. Will this be the Saturday game or the Sunday game? The NFL has five games to select from to fill that Saturday slate. Uh, There was a piece recently that talked about the idea that the the NFL really wants to start expanding their Saturday scheduling uh, once the college football regular season ends and we're part of that this year in week 16 so we don't know when that game's going to be either way it's going to be in san francisco that one could be a lot of fun should be a lot of fun and uh if we play our cards right and they, they're good enough that's a game where they're sitting todd Gurley and jared goff and aaron donald uh i don't know if they'll sit them in week 16 but if you have things sewn up why not uh you just you don't know we don't know it's that entire that entire week is a big and could have the 49ers in the wild card chase remember you don't need to be you know all the way at the front to be on that nope. uh picture when you turn on the 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 sunday pregame and they've got that graphic with all the teams in the hunt you can you can be sitting there at six and eight and still be on this someone we don't know what's i mean someone put in our slack channel today um uh, entire matrix of of how heavily favored someone was going to be for every game they had they had this entire thing and the seahawks I think only had six games yeah. they might be favored looking at this year so far. I mean, early on, they could fall on the on their on their on their face, and the Forty Nine ers could come up and take that spot. You don't know. You don't. We don't know. Is it so? I'm really interested to see what happens with that team. Are they going to live up to the hype of of what they've been trying to build the last couple of years? Or are they going to be booty again? We'll see. Interesting game with a little bit of history behind it. Week 17 at home against Arizona Cardinals. I went to this game, and uh, actually it was calendar year 2017, but it was our final game of the 2016 season. I was all excited for the Rams to be back in L.A. I bought my tickets nice and early. I planned a whole family trip all around it. Jeff Fisher was already fired. We were 4-11. and 11. I had more fun at Disneyland. 
You saw Coach Bones. <laughs> you saw Coach Bones coaching, coaching the boys. That was that was the game that they they fumbled away, and Jared Goff vowed to be better. Right after right the game, I'm gonna get better. We're gonna figure it I'm out. I'm gonna, and we did. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna get better. I promise you that we're gonna make this thing work. So, so interesting, yeah. interesting little bit of history there with some nostalgia in a good way. Obviously, we don't remember that game too fondly, but look how far we've come. Started from the bottom, now we're here. What are you? What are your thoughts overall yeah, so you, on the? You had you had more fun than a taco truck that, that trip, <laughs> I right? Did. Than you That's did at true. that game. That's true. Um, what do you think overall about that? I mean, we talked about the toughness of the schedule, but just from a macro uh, perspective, big picture thoughts. Big picture thoughts. Just kind of my, my first run through. This is a another twelve thirteen win team. Yep. Uh, you know, injuries, things like that, you can't control. So we'll see what happens. But as just looking on paper, they should win twelve, thirteen again. They should win the NFC West again. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna boot a couple just because that's what happens. You know, there's one perfect team and everyone else boots a couple, and they should still be primed for a big playoff push. So there's no reason that this schedule in front of me says that they can't be a number one seed, and uh, and and play a lot of games in Los Angeles in January. What, what do you think, Robbo? What, what's the, if there's a matchup, not necessarily the game, but if there's a matchup that intrigues you looking at who we've got, what, what do you think stands out? Oh man, it's all looks, I mean, you, you hit, there's so many good games. Steelers. I mean, of the, without a doubt, the one at the top of the list has to be for everyone has to be saints. That shit, it's been built up b- bigger than, than a playoff game at this point. It's, both sides are licking the chops. Cam Jordan's talking about how he, he wants to see the Rams in week four or five so that they're ready for him and they're fine-tuned and ready to go. He doesn't want to see him in week one. Everyone, they're already talking about this game. That game is going to be the biggest game of the year by far, right? On paper. It's got to be. That, that game has to end with a pass interference call against the Rams oh, yes. that gets overturned. Oh, or yes. a no call against the yes. Saints that gets turned into a P.I. It has to happen. Yes, uh, McVeigh's already got it. it He's got the flag in his pocket already. Mark, oh, sorry, Lattimore, you got there early. Yes, extends a drive to like a GZ field goal or, or something. an interception by Nikhil. Yeah. It has to be the ultimate troll game. I want to. I want to play full Alex Jones, Joey. I wanted to freeze me, Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Do it, man. Freeze your life, man. I like it. I, I, I'm into it. Another games. I mean, you know, just looking. at there has to be like well, I, I, Panthers. I, I, what, what, do you, what do you look at, Joe? Yeah, because the Panthers is an attractive one to me. I think they're a pretty good team, and I think it'd be a good away game to go to. Hint, hint. My wife's a Panthers fan. Well, the, I, where I might want to go. Oh yeah, I, I think the away games are probably j- just now, like looking at the, at these teams, probably the, like the, the bigger matchups and the ones that we care more about. Yeah, I think the Cleveland Browns game. How I think I got circled that? because how fun is that game? I think that Hell yeah. There, that should be like what the Chiefs game last year with the Rams ended up being. I mean, it could be like a fifty-one to fifty game, and I think that's gonna be exciting. And another one, I think the Dallas Cowboys game. I think that's gonna be um, a big game in Dallas, and I think that they could be a really strong team next year. But but that's the interesting thing about about the NFL. It's like you when you look at the the home schedule and you're thinking, okay, well they could beat Tampa Bay. They could beat Cincinnati, and they could beat Baltimore. But we don't know what Baltimore is going to be like. I mean, Lamar Jackson could bring these guys into the season, and they could win the first five games, and we're like, oh, shit, like Baltimore's for real. But right now, you know, you're thinking just from what what they've been like for the past couple of years, it's like, yeah, they could maybe make the playoffs. Same with 
Cincinnati where they're they're fine. And and I think Tampa Bay is kind of the type of theme where is Cincinnati fine. Is that Joey, are you being nice? Well, I mean, Andy Dalton's one of those guys that you're just like, he's fine. <laughs> is he, like he's not Is he really? He's not Blake Bortles. I mean, I don't think he's I think if he leaves the Bengals, he'll get a starting job. I think he could be a starting for, for another team. I think so. I think he's fine. I think he's like the twenty seventh best quarterback. Let me let me ask you this question. If instead of being Andy Dalton, if his name was Dandy Alton, would he still be? <laughs> He'd still be fine. He's fine. No, the way Joe Flacco is fine. Dandy Alton. Uh, uh, I guess. <laughs> Dandy. Um, what about what about you, Joe? Who, do you, do you he, he's going to say the Miles the Miles Simmons Bowl, right? I, That's the one he's looking for. I like the Cowboys because of Ack. D apostrophe Prescott, act de Prescott. No, um, you you know a game that I'm really interested that's kind of flying under the radar is the, is the Bears game because the the Bears are following mm-hmm. the Rams blueprint. They're just a year behind, right? They traded up yeah. for Mitch Trubisky. They got the offensive head coach. That they, they, they're behind on their draft capital, and just like us, if they follow it. I'm not, I'm not saying the, don't, don't don't put the money down. I'm not saying the Chicago Bears going to the Super Bowl, but we put this blueprint together for the new NFL. It worked. The Chicago Bears are following it. That's a really interesting game. And you look at how we played them last year where we talked about on the last podcast where Sean McVay's got these losses to the Bears and the Patriots with a similar blueprint to kind of figure out and, and come up with a response for. This is the, the of of all the regular season games. That's the one that seems like a response to the Super Bowl loss. None of the other ones are really similar. None of the other ones have a similar style in terms of w- what kind of response would work in, in terms of Super Bowl Fifty Three because they're all so different. The, the the Saints the Saints are a completely different team and such an offensively heavy team. They got a they got a solid defense. Don't get me wrong, but they're so offensively strong. The Bears and the Patriots had these games where. It, it was a defensive grind, and we had to figure out how to defeat that. And in both cases, we failed. So this is the one regular season game where you get a chance to to put something together to try to respond to that. I think that's the most fascinating one. The most fun games, Saints number one. In Joey, you wrote about this last year, and it didn't materialize, and nobody's talking about it. The 49ers games are meant to be, you talked about our rivals. The 49ers are meant to be our rivals. They were supposed to be last year, and they fucked it up because they let everybody get hurt before the football started. If they get right, and you got Jimmy Carparts looking decent in the preseason, and the team's healthy, and and you start getting Sanford, they've got a huge, huge, huge fan base. If they can get right and give them some excitement and maybe get a couple games under them to get them some optimism, those could be phenomenal games. Big time. Well, they're going to sure. potentially a Bosa at number two overall, right? And they picked up Tevin Coleman, who's pretty damn exciting and was really good with Shannon. And they Shannon got, and, and they got Jarzy Carhart, yeah. uh, Carhart clothes coming back and Jarek McKinnon. They've got – right. If, if you're looking for reasons to buy into a rebound, maybe not a playoff spot, but at least a rebound, there's a lot of resume bullets for the 49. Yeah. All I got to say is thank God John Lynch is a shit GM because he could have had Obel Beckham and he 
screwed it up. So thank you, John Lynch, for for not being proactive and going after that because that would have been a handful to face twice a season. Um, yeah, it's it's life is good when the San Francisco 49ers. Maybe the that's the whole you mentioned. Other. Now that you mention it, is we don't get to play the New York Giants. What a what a what a class yeah. friend. <laughs> yeah, we don't get to play the Giants. Uh, the, I was just thinking of another team we don't play. Who was another one that was this year? That oh, the Eagles. I was just thinking we, yeah. we played them twice the last two years. We don't, we don't get to see the Eagles or the Packers. So we're not going to play the Packers this year. The Detroit Lions. We don't have the mm. we don't have the Jags. So we're not going to see the Foles this year. No, no, uh, no Vikings. Yeah, no Kirk Cousins. Has the window closed on the Vikings? Do you think like are they just going to hmm. kind of drift down again, or are they? Are they like in the Super Bowl contention talk? I mean, that division isn't great. You got yeah. the a Packers team who's kind of fallen back. You got the Lions who's fallen back. So yeah, uh, the Bears, I guess, are pretty good. I'm not I sure th- the Vikings. I think I would pick awesome. the Bears. I think right now, if I had to put somebody down for that division, yep, I, think, I would too. If you look at the schedule with the Rams, I mean, they aren't playing that many pushovers. I mean, there's sure. Especially, I mean, you, you got to, you, if if we say Arizona and Seattle are teams that we could beat twice, Ooh. and then you add in, Ooh. I like it, Joey. Yeah, I'm just, I, I think, it, I think we can do it. I think we, I think we've done you it before. That, I don't think it's you take that rubber. You were going to get take your bell oh into God. the streets like the town crier. Seattle Seahawks, <laughs> a team we can beat twice. You take it and you. Joe the Jerk. Joey the Jerk says we could beat you bitches twice like again. It. I take it. Oh, I love it. I, I was mean, called out this morning on a tweet. I, I, I piled on. There's a, a Russell Wilson stat tweet came out. And I'm like, all right, you, you, you forgot the most important stats. Six and eight versus the Rams and you know, wets himself to set up our Aaron Donald. Then I have some Seattle, Seattle people that follow me. And they didn't take too kindly into that. Well, you know, we played great in those games. I, mean, I came back with 0-2. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. We won those games by like a combined five points. So, whew, beat the Hawks twice. I'm here for it, though. I'm well, here speaking for it. Of, speaking of Russell Wilson, here's a guy who there were some rumors that he was going to end up with New York. Like the Giants were going to find a way to finagle him. But it turns out that he has kind of reset the market for quarterbacks and free agency, and he signed this huge contract. But about about his contract, it really, I think, affects the Los Angeles Rams greatly because it – it 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 set, it sets this number, and I think now people are talking. You know, they're comparing Jared Goff to Russell Wilson, and you know, it's it, you're going to have two camps now. You're going to have the it's worth it to pay out the nose for Jared Goff versus the other people that hey, you can guy you could find a guy that's almost just as good as Jared Goff for less money. You know, I think I think that's going to be next off season or the the off season after that. Um, I think it resets two numbers. The number you have to eventually sign them for, but the franchise number just went up as well. If they yeah. can't get past the fifth now, year, they want to franchise them. Do you think the struggling of Derek Carr affects a lot of people's um, opinions on these big contracts? I think, is it one of those things that people just keep saying, yeah, but look at what happened to you know, the Raiders and Derek Carr, where they paid out the nose and then now they are curious if they don't have their guy, but no one else wants to take the contract. So it, you're, you're screwed for four years. Joe, can you tell us what you wrote about 
uh, the NFL contract situation coming up in the next couple of years. There are a lot of dudes getting set to make a lot of money, a lot of money. Yeah, no, I wrote uh, because of Russell Wilson. This offseason wasn't very heavy with quarterback uh, deals. Uh, even with Wilson kind of resetting the market next year, it's completely different. You've got you've got a couple different tiers of guys. You've got the old guard with Tom Brady and Philip Rivers and Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger, all on expiring deals. You've got a new guard in Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, and uh, Dak Prescott, uh, all on expiring deals. Jared Goff and Carson Wentz because they're first rounders. They're going to get the fifth round, uh, fifth year option. They'll be able to play through 2020. Uh, but then you've got this kind of middle ground of Teddy Bridgewater and Ryan Tannehill and Case Keenum. So you've got all three tiers of the quarterback market getting reset in free agency. Um, and it's just it's just going to be a, a an overwhelming referendum. And obviously part of that is because the new collective bargaining agreement is coming after next season. and you know, teams are are being hesitant to kind of go all in on that. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, man. But uh, Seattle went all in, and good for them. They got a guy that, as corny as he is, is really, really good on the field. And it's it sets up a great rivalry with the Rams, obviously moving forward. And you got to you got to think as bad as they've been on offense. There's it's hard to get worse between the offensive line and the targets that they've given them. It, you know, despite the running backs that he's had, um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Joey, um, SB Nation mock draft. By the time this podcast is out, uh, it will have been revealed that uh, with the 31st overall pick, I took Texas A&M center Eric McCoy. You have watched countless hours of Eric McCoy's tape. You've studied over every aspect of his game. Give us a detailed scouting report of your thoughts of Eric McCoy. Well, I mean, you really got to start the spelling of his name. I mean, do you trust <laughs> a guy that spells Eric with a K? I mean, that's like the first thing you really got to look at. But he has the size. I mean, I can't honestly tell you that I've been breaking down tape. And I don't think you can find that many of our young 18 to 35 listeners who were just like, oh, yeah, I mean, I just this morning went through my Texas A&M tape, going through every position and making sure that I have a researched opinion. But um, I think, Joe, I mean, I'm sure you've watched several Texas A&M games. But, uh, I mean, the guy's 6'4", 315 pounds. Um, what, what do you love about him? What, what, what makes you think that uh, this is our dude? It makes me feel bad because I have watched a lot of Texas A&M football. And I recognize that you're right. That makes me a loser, and I feel bad about that. Um, <laughs> what's strange was the situation he found himself to become a starter as a freshman. It, it was an offensive line under Kevin Sublin where they were supposed to um, be much more polished than they were and didn't perform well. This was a team that had Kyler Murray uh, on the team and didn't find a way to get him in front of Kyle Allen, and he ended up uh, obviously transferring to Oklahoma. Um, I don't know, man. Um, I'd be fine with McCoy as the pick. I still think it makes sense to trade down. Robbo, you're the, you're the mock draft king, the night king, beyond the wall. <laughs> the <What>? night king. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do, do you care when when I take Eric McCoy? What is your first reaction? Do you even care? Do you even know who he is, or are you like, whatever? Actually, that was one I was first. I think I've said in the last couple of pods uh, that I want them to trade back just because I want more picks. I want more picks because sure. they have more holes. Whatever. Um, I'm expecting like five safeties and like, two corners and three O line. <laughs> but uh, I was kind of I was kind of excited by the Eric McCoy pick just because he has he's versatile. Can play both guard positions. He can play center. He's big. He looks kind of na- he plays a power kind of nasty. Um, but I can tell you right now that I've watched very little Eric McCoy, Eric with a K. So I can't really speak about it because why? I don't care until they draft him. Uh, my boy has always been, I've, I've been a Dexter Lawrence guy since this whole mock yeah. season started. I want to, I would like another big guy because I don't think Brockers is around much longer. You need another man to pair up with AD on the inside. Why not get him? Why not get him? Give me a big, give me a big old hunk of. 6'4", 342 pounds, 36 lifts. Uh, give me give me the big man in the middle. But, you know, whatever. I think it was horrible news that a guy was so corny that his contract response video was in bed with his wife. What kind of weak ass cornball responds to his record baking contract in bed with his wife? Get up and make what the fuck is this? He's in bed with his wife. We got a deal. <laughs> Good night. And, uh, the man the signed himself fuck? a contract, drank some recovery water, took care of business, and then as fast as that business ended, he made a 30-second video to talk about his contract. So, which one lasted longer, the act or the video? Can you, can you, can you imagine Aaron Donald no. in bed? In no. bed. But what are you He's doing? He's an idiot. That's what, what he are you does. Doing? It's not the first time he's done that. Hey, Los Angeles. <laughs> we got a deal. 